This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Year after year after year, the U.S. birth rate keeps dropping. What are the reasons? Is the pandemic a factor? And can the trend be reversed? The big question is, is it going to fully recuperate for births that weren't had during the pandemic? And we're not sure yet. It might be that the pandemic may have permanently shifted people's decisions to have kids. Then, in an effort to cut sugar consumption and lower the rates of obesity, some cities have added a tax to sugary drinks. Is it fair? And is it working? People consume a lot of these beverages and they consume a lot of calories kind of unknowingly. So there is growing research consensus that the consumption of these beverages is definitely associated with obesity, diabetes, and tooth decay. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The pandemic has impacted almost every area of life for Americans. Families are especially affected. Some experts believe the pandemic has caused an acceleration of the ongoing decline in the birth rate among American women. The U.S. birth rate has reportedly dropped for the sixth consecutive year as of 2020, and it is still heading downwards. What are the reasons? Joining us is Allison Gemmel, assistant professor in the Department of Population, Family and Reproductive Health at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And she's here to talk about this long decline in the U.S. birth rate. Professor, let's start with just your thoughts on where we are now. How does today's birth rate in the U.S compare with previous generations? Yeah, so we're seeing this decline in birth rates that you've said since about the Great Recession. It is a pretty noteworthy decline when we compare it to at least birth rates that occurred in the 90s and 2000s, where that birth rate was hovering about two children on average per women. And so since the Great Recession, it's just fallen pretty steadily. And now we're at about 1.64 children per women, which is quite a big drop here in the U.S. And it's the lowest recorded fertility rate that we've had. So quite low. What are some typical reasons that millennials are choosing to not have children? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a big question and there's a lot to unpack and we don't have the best data on this yet. However, the data that we do have suggests that economic barriers are playing a really important role. So people want to establish their careers. They might want to make sure they have a home that can accompany a growing family. There has been some suggestion that things like climate change or just this increase in uncertainty about how the changing landscape of the world is perhaps just becoming more unfriendly toward having children. So we hear that suggestion as well, but we don't have any of those reasons down with certainty yet. Speaking just in terms of health, which I know, you know, that's something that you focus on, reproductive health. Has there been a reduction in fertility with men and women in recent decades that might also have an effect? Yeah, that's a really good question. There are certainly books about this and articles that suggest that this could be at play. I think it's really hard to estimate a biological change in people's ability to have children, although there is some suggestive evidence that this might be going on. But really what's happening here in the U.S. is it's a drop in births that are happening to very young women. So we've had this drop in teen pregnancy and even a drop in births to women aged 20 to 24. 
And what also has happened, which I think is really interesting, is we've seen this drop in unintended pregnancy. And part of that could be attributed to improved use of contraceptives and especially highly effective methods. A recent Pew poll found the fraction of non-parents between 18 and 49 saying they were very likely to have kids. That fell from 32% in 2018 to 26% this year. The fraction saying not too likely or not at all likely increased from 37 to 44%. Why do you think it's falling so rapidly? And will this trend continue to go down? Yeah, so certainly COVID may have played a part in that, in that we know that things like pandemics and and recessions and economic contractions just aren't very good for having families. But it might just be this shift in norms in what people want. So this is something that we're going to be studying going forward. Just your opinion, going back in history, during World War II, there was, a, I guess, a pretty low birth rate. And then when the war ended, there was this explosion in birth rate in the 1950s. Do you anticipate uh, once the pandemic is completely cleared away and perhaps the economy settles down, that we could see a big jump again? Or is that something that's probably not going to happen? What's your opinion? Yeah, I definitely think we're going to see some recuperation. So we know that a lot of people just postponed having kids during the pandemic. And so now that hopefully the pandemic is waning a bit, we're going to start seeing some rebound. In fact, we know from Europe that's been monitoring their birth rates more recently that they are seeing evidence of a rebound. And we might very well expect that to happen in the U.S., Now, the big question is, is it going to fully recuperate for births that weren't had during the pandemic? And we're not sure yet. It might be that the pandemic may have permanently shifted people's decisions to have kids. Our guest is Allison Gemmel, assistant professor in the Department of Population, Family and Reproductive Health at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And we're talking about this decline in the U.S. birth rate. Professor, we're all aware of the surge in immigration coming into the United States. This is not enough to really bring up the numbers very well, I guess, is it? Yeah, that's a good point. So obviously, when we have falling birth rates, another way to have a strong working age population is to rely on immigration or international immigration. And that has fallen a bit, depending on the population that you study, since the Great Recession as well. So it might not make up for these declines in birth rates that we're seeing. But that could change in the future, depending on policy decisions. So this is certainly an avenue to pursue if we're worried about a declining working age population that can pay into programs like Social Security. This is just an anecdotal point, but I remember way back in the old days, a parent might drive a station wagon and the kids would just kind of roll around in the back and you could have as many kids as you wanted in the back of your car. Nowadays, you know, with safety seats and all of that, you're really pretty limited with maybe two kids in the back seat. Does something like that have any effect on birth rate? Maybe they say, okay, we've had enough kids. We have to stop now. (laughs) It's funny you should mention that anecdote because there's actually a paper by economists that have looked about laws that are related to adding a third car seat, and they found that that's associated with lower birth rates. So there might be something to that story. But yeah, we can think about as people have kids, they want to invest in a lot of resources in those kids. And of course, the fewer children they have, the more you can invest in them. So that's certainly at play here. Are there any public policy changes that you think could improve the birth rate? Yeah, this is a really big question. 
I definitely think addressing the economic barriers would be a good place to start. So we know that a lot of women cite childcare as a potential reason why they're not having as many kids as they want. So perhaps subsidizing childcare could go a long way. Thinking about the barriers to owning a home, I think, would be another good thing that could be addressed. And some countries have even pursued giving baby bonuses, like so, just unconditional cash transfers once people do have kids. So there's a lot of policy options that could come into play, which are exciting to think about. I would think with the birth rate dropping and dropping as it has, it eventually will have some significant effect on the productivity of the nation as well as the economy. Yeah, I mean, the good news is that our birth rates haven't fallen as sharply as we've seen in other industrialized countries. So, Japan, for example, and countries like Spain come to mind, where they've had very persistent low fertility rates, and that does bring with it these challenges of, as you've noted. There are, though, debates around what the ideal fertility rate is in order to support economic growth of a country, and so I think where we are now, it's not yet. Cause for long term concern, but certainly if these patterns continue and if they continue to decline, there might be more reason to think about ways to intervene. Sure, makes perfect sense. Any final thoughts on this topic of the decline in the birth rate? No, it's just a very challenging thing to study because there are so many potential explanations at, at play. I think that this is multifactorial, so many factors. And our job as researchers is to disentangle all these things so that we can provide good answers for your questions. Well, you've provided many good answers here. We appreciate it. Allison Gemmel, Assistant Professor in the Department of Population, Family, and Reproductive Health at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Thank you so much, Professor. This was great. We appreciate it. Thank you. Next, some consumers are sour about a sugary drink tax. That story coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. 